Hello and welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshot.net. Episode 21 Scrap the New Primary Language Curriculum. Welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshot.net, where every week I choose a part of the education system that I would love to change if I were the Minister for Education. Uh, this week it's uh, the turn of the new primary language curriculum and if I were to have a most requested topic for this uh, for this podcast it would definitely be this. Of all the things that have happened in education since the recession, be that the two-tiered pay system, Drihid, the invasion of Tusla into our education system, the new primary language curriculum has to be the least divisive initiative in education. When I say least divisive, I mean because everyone despises it. I mean even most of the people who wrote it hate it. I mean even the people delivering the training in it hate it. In all fairness, given the teaching profession is so divided, whether it's small schools against big schools, religious schools against equality-based schools, Drihid schools against those who are yet to become Drihid schools, well done by the way, Drihid, uh, or whatever, it's lovely to have something that unites us all. But in all seriousness, we really have to call a halt to this rather strange beast, which has not only threatened to kill literacy teaching in Ireland, it is also set to be the template for all the other curriculum subjects. So if I were the Minister for Education, I would scrap the primary language curriculum. Gosh, I imagined a big crowd cheering when I said that sentence. Clearly this uh, podcasting is, is going to my head. Um, I must, must remember that almost no one is actually listening to this. Um, actually, come to think of it, it's kind of a bit like the primary language curriculum. I mean, since it's come out, almost no one has actually li- really listened to it. We, we all hoped it kind of might go away. But where did this new curriculum come from and why? Now, before I go on, I have to admit, I'm no fan of the 1999 English curriculum either. It was easily the worst curriculum subject of the lot. I mean, of that new curriculum. We actually still call it the new curriculum, even though it's 20 years old, uh, with its strange kind of strands and strands units. I mean, this this English curriculum, strands and strand units, like things like the very catchy receptiveness to language or competence and confidence in using language or developing cognitive ability through language and of course the most catchy of all emotional and imaginative development through language rolls off the tongue yes says i when i was doing my dip ah kigara this is an example of confidence or competence and confidence in using language to which the kigara would say ah sure i haven't a breeze what that means that letterland is a grand owl scheme isn't it sure it is sure it is (laughs) Jeez, the laughs we had. Anyway, so the NCCA said, I know how to solve all this. We'll swap the strands and the strand units. And sure, wouldn't everything be grand? Sure, like we have reading, writing and oral language like they should have had in the first place with those mad things as strand units. Ah, sure, the kicker would say then, I still haven't a breeze, but sure, isn't that jolly phonics a grand scheme altogether? So says I, won't this entire focus on phonics backfire at some point in the future? Sure, the kids won't have a breeze in the other aspects of language acquisition. Yeah, so basically from about 1999 onwards, teachers basically took on a letterland, 
then Jolly Phonics. And I don't know why or when that happened, but I be, uh, but I became a qualified teacher somewhere in the middle of all that in 2003. And Jolly Phonics was basically the English curriculum in almost every school. And when I say Jolly Phonics, I actually mean a kind of a weird bastardized version of Jolly Phonics. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. For some reason in the UK, children were introduced to five sounds every week, one per day during their literacy hour. And sure, we couldn't be doing that at all at all in Ireland. No way. One sound a week is enough. Hi. No way. Uh, we wouldn't be doing one a day. Anyway, we, we got our other bits of English through whatever Irish textbook was in fashion at the time. And funnily enough, I, I can't actually remember what that textbook was. Anyway, over the next 12 years, we blissfully ignored the English curriculum. And we learned things from our colleagues who had gone on reading recovery training or started first steps or used some great resources they actually the pdst who were called the pcsp at the time uh sneaked in uh when when their uh, ncsa uh, ncsa weren't looking and we learned that base readers were so evil that anyone caught with them would be hanged immediately and then we learned actually they weren't that bad and then we learned that actually sometimes when they're used well they can be great god sure every time we taught english it was like a small bit of a rebellion against the man uh, or woman in mary hannafin's case okay or Mary Coughlin, or um, Bad O'Keefe, though he was a man. But I don't think he really cared a, a tap about what happened in education. And then came Rory Quinn with his satanic secular ideas. Yes, the new primary language curriculum was a result of a mildly random and odd occurrence in 2009. Pisa. Nothing to do with a leaning tower, and not even a mispronunciation of my favourite food. It is... It's a disappointing acronym, which stands for Programme for International Student Assessment. Yes, PISA is an international assessment of the knowledge and skills of 15-year-olds in reading, mathematics and science, sponsored by yeah, the OECD. That's not that exotic. Oh, I thought it would be McDonald's or someone like that. Anyway, it takes place every three years and for some reason it has become the only assessment that the media and the government seem to care about. I, 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 I find that very interesting. I mean, because there's loads of these assessments out there, but PISA is the one that they really love. I don't know what it is. Now, I have this theory that it's probably because Finland are the ones that generally come out on top most of the time. And nobody really knows anything about Finland except for Nokia and the fact that they're the most awesome country in the world when it comes to education, probably. I mean, in fairness, they're probably a lot better than most other countries, but they're probably not as good as we'd all like to believe. Now, if it were some country like the United States of America or Australia or Russia or something like that, that were number one, we probably wouldn't care as much. But Finland, do you know, it kind of seems achievable, you know? I, I mean, I think it might have something to do with the fact that they aren't good at soccer or something. So if we can beat them at soccer, we can definitely beat them at Pisa or something. I, I, I don't know, maybe. Anyway, Ireland is a bit funny in how it perceives itself as having the greatest education in the world ever. Some people in Ireland say it is an undisputed fact that we have the best education system. What they generally mean, I think, is that our education system is marginally better than the UK which it used to be. Um, in fairness, despite the lack of funding, the lack of resourcing, the lack of any government interest, Ireland totally punches away above its weight in these PISA tests. Until, that is, 2009. Um, in 2019, uh, we, or sorry, in 2009, we found ourselves down from fifth place in reading um, in this OECD thing. Um, and uh, in 2000, um, basically, uh, in the OECD, we were down 
to 21st place in 2009. So basically, we um, went in in nine years from fifth place in the OECD down to 21st place. <gasps> I'm going to give you a minute basically to take a sharp intake of breath because I just did one. By the way, just, just while you're doing that, the UK were in eighth place and they went down to 25th place. So, ha! UK. Anyway, PISA is a very odd beast indeed. And when it comes to primary education, um, because firstly, it's not actually a test on primary school students. It's a test done on 15 year olds. So generally the students that have left the primary school system quite some time ago when they've done this test. And secondly, it seems only to test reading rather than full literacy ability. Now, I'm not sure if that's a very good indicator overall of education systems, but it's one that gets everyone's attention. Um, probably because of Finland, I suppose. Anyway, Ireland dipping uh, into being slightly above average um, rather than being from well above average caused consternations in the media and the political world back in 2000, when the results came out in around 2011. And in stepped Rory Quinn with the very, very odd 2011 illiteracy and numeracy strategy or framework, strategy, framework, I'm not quite sure which, based on this blip in Ireland's reading score, Rory Quinn set off uh, to make this uh, framework or strategy. And he said, basically this is quoting from his document, representative stakeholders in education and the wider public acknowledge the need to improve standards in literacy and numeracy. They recognize that it is essential that all children develop literacy and numeracy skills to the best of their abilities and acknowledged that indications of falling standards demanded immediate and decisive action by the government. So basically... Um, a blip meant that we needed decisive action. This is one test. We need a decisive accent. Whoa, <laughs> hold on. Falling standards. You know, I know many teachers are no fans of Rory Quinn. I know that. I know he's gone down in history with lots of people absolutely finding he was he was he was the worst minister ever. So I've, I've heard someone in a high power in a certain union saying personally, overall, I, I, I liked him. I actually did like him and I really liked what he was trying to achieve. But this was one area where I would sit among his naysayers. One assessment result and we ha and basically we have to rewrite the entire literacy and numeracy plan. And sure was it no surprise to see that all the stakeholders agreed with that and acknowledged it, I suppose. Not one of them thought to mention in passing at some event, hey, Rory, um, you know that PISA test is just one test. Uh, let's see how Ireland fares out in another international assessment before we do anything drastic like. Or maybe someone might have whispered in his ear, um, Minister Quinn, uh, you do realise this could just be a blip um, or something. Of course not. Hey, thanks representatives. Anyway, what we got was the promise of a new curriculum. We also got the promise of a thing called SSE. Oh, and best of all, we now get to send our literacy and numeracy test results to the government so that some journalists on some quiet somewhere can tally them all up into league tables. Hooray. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that episode because I'm sure I'll get to it at some point. And nor will I venture too much into SSE, which has now become the tokenistic suggestion from everyone giving any course in Ireland. For example, you might be going to a mindfulness course and they'll say, Now lads, now that you're all invigorated and relaxed and at one with yourself, how about next year? You might think of putting mindfulness as your SSE topic. Or you might go to an old yoga course for your summer course and at the end of it they might say now that you're all stretchy why not uh, stick yoga as your SSE topic for next year I'm sure you might even be at a summer course where you're walking around your local town pretending to look at historical buildings ha sure at the end of that 
why don't we stick that in as your SSE topic for the year? I don't know. It's uh, That seems to be what that is anyway. Anyway, one of the funnier outcomes of the PISA assessments was that in 2012, three years later, when the next PISA results came out, we were actually back to where we were before. Um, that was well above average. Actually, we were even higher. We were fourth in, uh, fourth in the world just, uh, in, in reading, despite the fact that none of the literacy and numeracy frameworks had actually been implemented by that point. And despite this, Rory Quinn stated, and this is what he said, I welcome the publication of these important results from the OECD PISA, uh, PISA test. While these are only one set, oh, he's now become a doubter. Oh, for like when they were bad, he was like, oh no, we must do everything. We must decisive action. Oh no. While these were, now he's saying, well, there are only one set of test results. You know, one point in time. Well, I'm delighted to see that Irish students are performing well in reading. Ah, so when the results are down, it's a mass panic. Now that they're fine, they're only one test. So he didn't quite go as far as saying that the framework was responsible for the recovery. But you know he was gagging to say it. You really do. Anyway, Rory Quinn really, really, really wanted a new, new curriculum for literacy and numeracy. And he wanted it done, as he put it, within the available resources. Because he said, we are embarking on this literacy and numeracy strategy at a time when our economic circumstances are extremely difficult. We know that additional resources will simply not be available to us as we seek to bring about very significant changes. Asher. We'll just overreact to one single assessment and then panic ourselves into writing an entirely new curriculum for the two most important subjects in the curriculum and sure, we'll do it all for free. Now, my brother-in-law has a saying, buy cheap, buy twice. Now, he didn't make it up, granted, but he's always saying it. And that's generally after I get stuff on wish.com. But anyway, Rory Quinn's panic buy was to gather a big bunch of people to work under the NCS, NCCA to change the world or some hyperbolic something. Change the curriculum anyway. Well, let's just say, let's just say it didn't really work out. Because in 2017, well, this is this is why it worked, didn't work out. But anyway, uh, this is this is what happens in 2017. The Fianna Fáil spokesperson on education and skills, who is Thomas Byrne, TD, he issued a press release calling on the then uh, basically the governor Rory Quinn and Minister Richard Bruton to launch an investigation into bullying concerns raised by current and former staff members of the NCCA. It kind of appears that all the way through this development of the primary language curriculum, slowly but surely, academics and researchers and, and staff members walk out because they could not stand over what the leaders were doing while the, what the NCCA were trying to push through and push through they seem to have done because when the primary language curriculum was finally published and only half of it mind you uh, just the junior end several years later it kind of reminded me of a scene a really famous scene in the Simpsons I always quote the Simpsons in this podcast but I, 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 I'm fairly obsessed you'll have to look these up anyway when Homer is reunited with his long lost brother Herb who challenges him to make a brand new and design a brand new car for what he called the everyman um, and on the night of this launch Homer appears uh, on the stage uh, to the awaiting press with this monstrosity of a car and the audience looks on, jaws open, aghast, as Herb goes to his knees, screaming, I'm ruined! The new uh, PLC book is a bulky, verbose, wildly complicated thing with unwieldy fold-out pages and so many words that don't make sense and so many learning outcomes and so many rubrics that is completely unreadable. I felt awful for the PDSD people who were put out there to sell it to principals. 
you could tell the presenters didn't have an iota what it was all about by the time they even got to us and in fairness though like i have to actually stop for a second in fairness at first glance it has lots of potential because but because of its sheer verboseness it was clear it wasn't practical I mean, it just wasn't practical. And the main problem is there's just too many learning outcomes. And even though this wasn't admitted, it was clear that the NCCA wanted teachers to plot all of their pupils individually under 14 different criteria on an eight point scale. That's what they want to do for every single child in the class. Hey, that sounds a bit like the way the UK were going about things. Anyway, I'm not going to mention that. Anyway, that's about as much as I'll go into it, to be honest with you. Going back to that first PDSC training day, I remember spending a day matching together pieces of paper in some fun, active learning activity. And on some piece of paper, there was one of these new made up words. And then there was definitions of them. Oh, the fun we all had that day at that table, putting those pieces of paper together. But actually, apparently people tell me, that I actually find it very hard to hide how I'm feeling when I lose the will to live. I have, um, apparently I have this face that resembles a teenager in the throes of hormonal rage. I believe this would only describe half of how I was feeling that day because everyone felt that way. And um, so because they felt that way, they decided to actually, okay, that was a really bad idea. We better think about this and give another seminar. Um, but it was equally uncomfortable and none of us were the wiser. And given that the tactic of completely ignoring the 1999 curriculum had worked so well for over a decade, I think most people just reverted to that tactic and just were doing their own thing and ignoring the new primary language curriculum. And the PDST were basically sent out again to talk directly to all teachers in the schools because it clearly wasn't happening. So the government gave us all half days and full days off to try and figure all this out. Um, it didn't work. And then last year, for some reason, they decided to randomly rip out the progression milestones, which kind of speaks volumes that this, is just, this, this just happens without it affecting any part of the curriculum. And to be honest, I, I think they've just given up. Um, kind of, kind of almost anyway. The government really kind of had to save face and this year the senior end of the primary language curriculum was published. It's obvious that it's basically simply been shoehorned into the elements um, at strand units to you and me and in fairness it has uh, and in fairness to it it really does have much less content um, and it is less verbose but it looks desperately unbalanced. I mean the NCCA are not like Herb Simpson. There was no consequence for the first disaster and now we have I guess a badly made trailer for our badly designed car. Yes, the new primary language curriculum could be summed up again by the Simpsons in this other well-known meme. Stop, stop, it's already dead. Look it up. Um, worst to come is that we've already had a glimpse of the new numeracy curriculum. Now, I don't know when the word numeracy replaced the word maths, but anyway, uh, it looks like this is also following a similar template. I can already feel my teenage self bursting through. I am actually coming out in acne just thinking about it. While the 1999 English curriculum wasn't very good at all, the NCCA managed to make it even the new one even worse now that it's clear that they were given almost no resources from the government because we were broke as a country now that we know the ncca were almost certainly embroiled in institutionalized bullying now that we know that they could simply chop off a large chunk of that curriculum without it having any effect it's most certainly time that they just scrapped it and went back to the drawing board in fairness to the ncca when they work well, they actually produce good stuff. And if I was to give them any bit of advice, this would be it. Keep it simple. Trust that teachers can work from simple targets.
Make it as short as possible, preferably less than one page per class level. And most importantly, don't have so many people giving input to it. As my brother-in-law might have said, too many cooks spoil the broth. Next week, we're going to be sticking with the curriculum and examine why we have so many subjects. The NCCA are already looking at ways to restructure the curriculum and they've come up with a few different options. I'll be having a bit of a goo with them and see how we might work uh, with them. And sure, I might even find my own way of doing things if I were the Minister for Education. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode and be sure to tune in every Wednesday morning just in time for the midweek slump. It's almost sure to get your blood boiling whether you agree with what I'm saying or not. Uh, This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify and any other podcasting app by searching for either Anshaw.net or if I were the Minister for Education. I'd really, really appreciate you subscribing to this podcast so each new episode will be available to you immediately after its release. Please also feel free to review the podcast on whatever platform you use so others can find it more easily okay that is it it's a little bit shorter this week certainly much shorter than the last one which had to go on for over four uh, parts Uh, listen i hope you enjoyed it thanks a million for listening and we'll see you next week thanks again bye bye